Hello, and welcome to Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. My name is Brent, and joining me this week is a man who's been celibate for 10 whole days, Alan. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And joining us is a man who's guaranteed to break Alan's streak tonight, Ski. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out! (laughs) So is he going to be breaking it with me, like he's helping me break the streak? No, he's going to be like, you know, pegging you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> well, I Since ask, you're into it. I couldn't ask for a finer partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just demonstrated us. You mean more aggressive. Man. Right. <laughs> well, I know what I like, and I like what I know. <laughs> I do wonder which of you two would be the alpha. Uh, I think I would be the alpha only because he's a giver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Although I am a taker, so what does that mean then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So anywho. Um, <laughs> you took that down a road. <laughs> 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 yeah. We get done with this. Uh, Alan's going to talk about some golden girls, and then me and Ski are going to weigh in periodically. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, we'll <laughs> award it a couple slices of cheesecake a each. Couple. Pick an MVP, talk about our best lines, and then call it quits. Okay. All that should take about 37 minutes, give or take. Mm, I'll see you at the end. I've got four pages here, so. Wow. Not, not just on the episode, though. Oh, uh, yeah. So. A little deep dive. A little bit, yeah. A little a, puddle jump. A deeper dive than I was expecting it to be, I'll say that, oh, when nice. we get to it. Uh, and it's probably not what you think it's going to be, but what do you, do you want to give it a guess before we start the episode? Um, I'm going to guess. Studebakers. <laughs> All right, so there's Ski's guess. That's a solid <laughs> it guess. Is, it is a good guess. Um, Although I think I did cover that in a prior episode. Did you? Yeah, when we were talking mm-hmm. about Sam's old yeah. car. Um, hmm. I don't know what your deep dive would be. Okay. Uh, well, you can just be surprised when we get there then. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not going to be Raymond Massey. <laughs> no, I would, that totally would have been. <laughs> that would have been a great one. Huh, but it would have been almost a Fest Parker level. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, today we're doing a Season 6, Episode 7, Born Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original air date on this one was November 3rd of 1990. Uh, this is the first one we've seen, I believe, written by uh, Mitchell Hurwitz mm-hmm. of uh, Arrested Development fame. He's yeah. the uh, writer and, I believe, creator of that yeah, show. Yeah. I thought it was a clever title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a solid title. Yeah. And uh, directed again by Matthew Diamond. Yeah. Mitch likes his wordplay. Does he? You know, we'll get to it at the end of the episode, my opinion on Mitch as a Golden Girls writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he does more episodes than this, but mm-hmm. I'm not positive. Yeah. Does he? Okay. Yeah. Like I know next week he has um like a consulting producer credit or whatever. Oh, okay. Which is basically a guy who is like an uncredited writer. Oh. Like he does a a polish of the script. Fair yeah. enough. Well, but, I mean I'm a big fan of his from Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. That's a really well written show. Yeah, I love that show, yeah. I've not seen it as much as you guys, I think, but yeah. We uh recently watched uh, Search Party and Aaliyah Shawcat, who played Maybe, is in it. Oh really? Yeah. And it's a solid show. Um it's got like five, ten-episode seasons, I think. Um, and the final season, you can make the argument, goes off the rails horrendously. Oh. Um, <laughs> but it didn't go so far that it negated the first four. Oh, so, okay. like, I'm glad we stuck. I, I enjoyed the first four seasons, and I didn't begrudgingly finish the fifth season. Oh, okay. There was enough enjoyable moments in there to keep me entertained. Have you had any shows where you have stopped it, like you've watched the bulk of it, and then you just couldn't be bothered to watch the last season or two of it i want to (laughs) say so i think we talked about this before but um the original 21 jump street oh okay i watched i don't there are like six six seasons of that or whatever okay okay so i watched um 
the first five and three quarter seasons. <laughs> and I think I've got like three, four episodes left and I just didn't. Do you think to... you ever will? No. Oh, okay. Because I'd, I'd want to start back from the beginning. It's ah, just a, that's a big commitment yeah. then. And it's one of those things that I don't know, I won't have any interest in seeing like Johnny Depp. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> not after you've seen uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? No, I've seen those. You have not? No. Mm-hmm. Well, I take back what I said then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can say I've never seen a single episode of 21 Jump Street mm-hmm. or any, was it two movies, 21 and 22 Jump Street? Yeah, yeah. I've not seen those either. I know those are comedic takes on it. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, what about you, Ski? Is there any series that you've left dangling with a few episodes? True Blood. Or th- True Blood? I, I don't honestly know how many seasons that is. Five or six, maybe seven. Maybe I got through half then or something. Okay. I got through half now. My wife watches a lot more TV than I do because she's got a lot more days off. But that was one where I was watching by myself, like on days that she was working. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a naughty show? It's kind of got yeah, some naughty. It yeah, when you want to show your kids. <laughs> yeah. Is that why you were watching it by yourself? <laughs> yes. No, actually, I was working out when I was watching it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got a, a stationary bike at home, and I was using it as just like something to watch while I was working yeah. out. And uh, it got weird around the third or fourth season, whatever I stopped at. Mm. Started getting like fairies and uh, and, yeah. and like and elves or something. I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, you eh. on board with vampires, but once they brought in fairies and elves, okay. well, I I kind of was already starting to lose interest, and mm. then also I stopped working out as frequently. Uh. <laughs> so it was kind of a thing where the two things converged, and I just gotcha. dropped it. Yeah, I, I think for me, and it's a similar-ish type of thing with Fringe, I, I think we got through all but maybe the last season or, or maybe not even the full last season, and it was something where it started off really good. It was kind of an x files type show mm-hmm. where they're you know going and you know figuring out these unusual circumstances, um, these different kind of uh, Fringe uh, case event or cases or whatever you want to call them because uh, they were like a department outside of the FBI mm-hmm. and the regular law enforcement. But then as it got near the end of the series, it started being about, like, two different dimensions colliding and, you know, mm-hmm. the same characters in different dimensions. doing. It just ended up becoming a little too yeah. over the top. Even convoluted for that kind of premise? Yeah, I mean, it was fine, but it was just, it lost what made it cool to begin with, in my opinion. So, Because uh, then you stopped getting the new cases. It was all just about this big overarching story, mm-hmm. um, not the kind of fun, other weird stuff that they were trying to explain. Yeah. Did you have something else you want to add before I jump into the yeah, episode? I jump in. Okay. Uh, well, we find out that uh, Sophia has a sweet tooth, but little patience for the garbage chocolates from the likes of Russell Stover's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she's uh, while she's been cooking, Sophia has sampled an entire box of candy, just taking a nibble out of each one. Um, and apparently, that box of candy was sent to uh, to Dorothy by Stan. Um, and that uh, we also find that Stan is not the master of prose that her very own Brent is. <laughs> he has a very uh, I don't know ham fisted. Poem that he that he puts on the yeah. box of chocolates. Did you write it down? I did not. Do you have a note offhand? It's something along the lines of uh, "I hope you enjoy this." Something that cost me forty or something. Oh yeah, like, roses are red, violets are blue. I hope you enjoy these. They cost me forty two. Yeah, you're right. well, I think that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Now, would you have remembered that offhand if Ski didn't give you the first little part, or did you already have it memorized because you thought it was so brilliant? No, I, I remembered it just because. I knew it was a roses are red. Ah, so I okay. knew that it's that, violet. Yeah, if I remember that start of the punchline was 42, because I was like, that is an odd amount to pay for <laughs> yeah. a box of chocolate. <laughs> that would have to be a real nice box of chocolate. So, I but definitely I know Russell Delivery Stover's. fee or something. Yeah. Maybe, so. um, well, we also learned that uh, Sophia's taste in movies may be questionable, 
but her desire for racial equality is admirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She complains about Ghostbusters, which mm-hmm. I think is a solid movie, but that uh, what does she say that the the black guy doesn't even get one funny line? Yeah, I disagree. I think he had several. I honestly don't remember because it's been a little while since I've seen it. I've seen it yeah. several times, but I do not remember him having a classic line from the series. Yeah, he was definitely movie. a fourth character versus yeah. the other yeah. well, Ghostbusters. He has, he has the line about you know, you know, for a steady paycheck, I'll believe whatever you want me to. Oh, that is a solid line. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't remember that offhand, but now that you say it, that is a good one. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sophia is not happy that a uh, Spud Master Stan has been putting the full court press on Dorothy. Rose and Blanche walk in, and Rose starts complaining about her new co-worker, Gabby Abby. She drops some $10 psychology words and claims they came from her learned reading habits. Blanche said she doesn't believe her, and Rose leaves, uh, calling her a hypersexual bitch on her way out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes it's uh, I, I like when Rose kind of stands up for herself in one way or another. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like when she gets blue about it. Yeah. Yeah, she was <laughs> a little bit on the rude side there. <laughs> yeah. When she slut shames. Yeah. Well, I don't mind her slut shaming so much, but I, I don't, it's the bitch part <laughs> that just feels uncharacteristic for Rose. To not, me. not so Rose-like, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have anything you wanted to add to scene one there? No. Okay. So we we've got the table set that Stan's trying to get with uh, get back with Dorothy, and that Rose has a coworker she doesn't care for. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, like, I think it's odd that we're already in season six mm-hmm. and we've not heard any of these, uh, like, technical. Jargon dropped. Oh yeah, that she just started reading the American Journal of Psychology. It was a little bit, uh, you know, unkind of them to question her quite so much. Like, how would you ever read a a technical journal, right? Mm -hmm. But it is worth asking because we've not heard any of this before, (laughs) right? Yeah, and it is some. It's not just that she's saying things would be any kind of conventional wisdom. I mean, she's using very technical terms um, about the you know psychological theory. Well, moreover, though, like. They've had complex situations come up before in which these would have applied. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it explains how she passed her interview to be a grief counselor. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, that, that's like, true. I've read some journals about, you know, offing herself and how it's bad, bad. for most people. <laughs> Maybe she just kept that all at work, right? It could be. Doesn't want to bring it home with her. Right. Yeah, yeah. Separation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think I think if your job involves a lot of people uh, committing suicide, leaving that at work is probably the best <laughs> the best practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you carry that with you, maybe a kind of a miserable home life as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have more to add to that? Yeah, say like you're a professional grief counselor. I mean, is it one of those things that you're thinking they should just be working for the weekend? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I've four fifty eight on a Friday and that phone rings. It's like <laughs> you got two minutes, then I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, it's like we don't we only care about people committing suicide between the hours of eight and five. Exactly. <laughs> after that you're gonna get our after hours answer, answering service. Exactly. <laughs> Your phone call is we'll, important to us. We'll call you back on Monday, hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll let it ring three times if you don't answer though. Exactly. Uh, we'll assume that we failed another one of uh, our clients. Um, well, anyway, uh, scene two takes us to the uh, lanai with Blanche asking Rose to tell her that she looks stunning. Rose obliges, and Rose replies, "Are you just saying, or you're not just saying that?" To which Rose retorts, "No, I'm just repeating it." Mm-hmm. That was my favorite line. I thought that was a solid one. I don't know if it's the funniest of the episode, but I love the delivery. Yeah, it was really good. Um, my favorite line is actually coming up here, though. Uh, Rose asks for Blanche's advice about the younger Abby. Blanche tells her to confront her. 
and Rose leaves saying uh, she is going to get something off of her foot. Like she combines two different, uh, put her foot down and get something off of her chest. Yeah. So it was kind of silly, but I liked it. Didn't she say, uh, watch the carpet or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dorothy yeah, says that because she's passing Dorothy. She's going out as Dorothy comes in. Yeah. Um, now Dorothy is asking for adbi- advice about a brewing attraction. Um, and Blanche delivers, uh, I thought, my favorite line of the episode saying, it's a curse. My beauty always, my beauty's always been a curse. I'm sorry, Dorothy, but like the fatal blossom of the graceful Jimson weed, I entice with my fragrance, but can provide no succor. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite line. <laughs> Which brings me to today's oh. deep dive. <laughs> suckling. No, not, not suckling. <laughs> I will be providing no succor. <laughs> I did like the way she said succor, too, yeah. <laughs> because she like, put a weird emphasis on yeah, yeah. that. Line. Wasn't that like a, a He-Man villain? Succor? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> I believe you're Did right. Did you ever get him to suck on anything? Like like a window or something? I think so, yeah. But it was weird because yeah, I think you'd have to like lick his face exactly. basically. <laughs> no, no, it was a button in the back where it had like air pressure. Yeah, but you still had to have some moisture on it to actually uh, yeah. get the... He had the little suction cup hands and the mouth. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was a good toy. Uh, other than the fact you had to lick it to make it work. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, today we're going to be talking about uh, Datura Stratomonium, known by its common names, Thorn Apple. Devil's Snare, Devil's Trumpet, and Jimson Weed. Mm. Uh, it's a species of flowering plant in the nightshade family. Mm. It's an aggressive, invasive weed in temperate climates across the world. Uh, it has frequently been employed in traditional medicine to treat a variety of ailments. It's also been used as a hallucinogen, taken to cause intense, sacred, or occult visions. Nice. It's unlikely ever to become a major drug of abuse uh, owing to the effects upon both the mind and body frequently perceived as being highly unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving rise to a state of profound and long-lasting disorientation or delirium with a potentially fatal outcome. Uh, it does contain some stuff that are re- responsible for the psycho, uh, psychoactive and severely toxic effects <laughs> that, that the plant Doesn't has. Doesn't quite seem worth the uh, trade-off, I guess, huh? Exactly. In the United States, the plant is called Jimson weed, or more rarely, Jamestown weed, mm. uh, deriving from the town of Jamestown, Virginia, where English soldiers consumed it while attempting to suppress Bacon's Rebellion. They spend 11 days in altered mental states. And I'm going to read to you this uh, quote from uh, Robert Beverly Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, from his book, The uh, History and Present State of Virginia, okay. um, describing the, the events of that. Um, so it says, the, uh, the Jamestown weed, which resembles the thorny apple of Peru, and I take to be a, the plant so-called, is supposed to be one of the greatest coolers in the world. This being an early plant, was gathered very young for a boiled salad by some of the soldiers sent thither to quell the rebellion of bacon, mm. and some of them ate plentiful of it, mm. the effects of which was a very pleasant comedy, for they turned natural fools upon it for several days. Mm. One would blow up a feather in the air, another would dart straws at it with much fury, and another, stark naked, was sitting up in the corner like a monkey, <laughs> grinning and making mouths at them. A fourth would fondly kiss and paw his companions and sneer in their faces with a countenance more antic than any of a Dutch troll. (laughs) (laughs) In this this frantic condition, they were confined, lest they should, in their folly, destroy themselves, though it was observed that all their antics were full of innocence and good nature. Indeed, they were not very cleanly. They were not very cleanly. They would have wallowed in their own excrement had they not been uh, prevented. A thousand such simple tricks they played, 
and after 11 days returned themselves again, not remember anything that had passed. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin, that was, or Bacon Rebellion, that was Kevin Bacon, right? Exactly, yeah, from 1876. He's a much older man than you <laughs> would Well, imagine. I mean, that's how you get the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. He's been around so For, long. Yeah, and I said 18, I meant 1676. Um, but there are some uses for it uh, in early... He, he won that rebellion because, you know, we do have dancing in America. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> this, this British army was trying to prevent the dancing. <laughs> then they got all fucked up on the gymsid weed. <laughs> and now here we are dancing the night away. <laughs> so. They had to be put in solitary confinement Good for to us. check yeah. themselves lest they wreck themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love to that they would have wallowed in their own excrement had they not been prevented. <laughs> um, who, who was straight enough in that situation to prevent them? From wallowing in their own excrement? Yeah, it seems like I everyone was messed up. There must have been at least a few people that had not yeah. partaken of the Jimson weed. <laughs> um, but the uh, the juice of... So this was from the uh, John Gerald's Herbal States uh, Guide from 1597 for early medicine. The juice of thorn apple boiled with hog's grease cureth all inflammations whatsoever, all manner of burnings and scaldings, as well as fire, uh, or as a well of fire, water, boiling lead, gunpowder, and that which come by lightning, and that in very short time, as my as myself have found in daily practice, is my, to my great credit and profit. <laughs> so apparently, <laughs> John Gerald felt like this was just the cure-all of everything, <laughs> including being struck by lightning. <laughs> so Boiling lead, that sounds... I guess there was probably more of that because that's how they made like probably uh, guns and the needles. Right, yeah. And then William Lewis reported in the late 18th century that the juice could be made into a very powerful remedy in various convulsive and spasmodic disorders, epilepsy, and mania, and was also found to give ease to external inflammations and hemorrhoids. Oh. So uh, and then we also had it was a treatment for asthma in, his, uh, in the 19th century as well. But it's also been used for uh, spiritualism and the occult. Across the Americas, indigenous people use the plant or similar species in sacred ceremonies for its hallucinogenic properties. In Ethiopia, some students and lay priests used it to open the mind to be more receptive to learning and creative and uh, imaginative, imaginative thinking. And it was sometimes mixed with cannabis as well as highly poisonous plants to intentionally create dysphoric experiences. They used unpleasant or toxic plants such as these in order to achieve spiritual liberation in settings of extreme horror and discomfort. Mm -hmm. so, among its sacred and visionary purposes, Jimson weed has also uh, garnered the reputation for its magical uses in various cultures throughout history. Uh, in the book The Serpent and the Rainbow, oh. Wade Davis, do you know that book? Uh, I know the movie. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Wade Davis identified it... Uh, called it zombie cucumber mm -hmm. um, in Haiti as a central ingredient for the concoction voodoo priests used to create zombies. Mm -hmm. In Ethiopian witchcraft, it was uh, also a common ingredient used to make witches' flying ointment along with other uh, poisonous plants of the nightshade family. And during the uh, witch phobia craze in early modern times in England and parts of the colonial uh, northeastern U.S., it was often considered unlucky or inappropriate to go to the plant in one's gardens as it was considered to be an aid to incantations. Mm. So, yeah. So, the Jimson weed is quite the... It is. Yeah, when I looked you into it... You mentioned that it was invasive and widespread, but mm -hmm. it was like many, like multi-continental. Yeah, I was surprised. When I looked into it, I was like, oh, that sounds... I've never heard of Jimson weed. I wonder mm -hmm. if there's anything about that. And yeah. 
I found its page to be pretty fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there was a lot of stuff on there, too, about, you know, what it looks like and the makeup mm-hmm. and yeah, the yeah. proper growing conditions and that shit. I didn't find any of that interesting, but, <laughs> yeah. but I Except did that you've got in the back, don't you, witch? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back into the episode. Uh, Dorothy, after, after Blanche's line, uh, Dorothy reveals that Stan has the hots for her. Um, with teacher. Yeah, exactly. With uh, <laughs> uh, Sophia accusing her of leading him on. Got it bad. Yep. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Dorothy said she will talk to Stan, and Sophia recites an old Sicilian proverb, sticks and stones can break your bones, but cement pays homage to tradition. Mm-hmm. That's another solid line, I yeah. thought. Do you guys have anything to add before I jump into the third scene? I think I'm good for right now. I think I'm good, too. Okay. Uh, we're in the living room now with a uh, dumb bit about no one wanting to pretend to be Dorothy. Stan arrives and reveals that he purchased the same car uh, that he date-raped Dorothy in all those years ago. <laughs> a uh, 1948 bullet-nosed Studebaker. Talk about returning to the scene of the crime. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, might have some DNA evidence on there. But, uh, Did he say if it was the actual same no, car? No, I don't think it was just, the, uh, just the exact same, same basic, model. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dorothy agrees to go for a ride, and Sophia gives her a one final warning on her way out the door. The scene ends with the quick cutaway of Stan and Dorothy being caught by a cop naked in the back seat of the car. To Stan's credit, Dorothy appears to be conscious. Mm-hmm. So, well, and she like the cop says, "What are you guys doing back there?" She's like, "Don't worry, officer. We're we're divorced." Yeah, and the officer just walks away. I think it still would be illegal behavior because they're oh, naked yeah. in a public place. Oh, so, you're old yeah. people. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe we you just harass these young folks by their, what is it, soft old bodies or something? <laughs> <laughs> Soggy bottom. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, that, uh, I thought that was a, a funny scene. Um, but I also thought that the reason why the cop shouldn't worry about it seemed a little specious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my mistake. I'm sorry for bothering you. Right, exactly. Carry on. <laughs> Uh, far be it for me to interrupt you, crazy. I was just going to ask people. you all about this classic automobile. <laughs> well, it's funny too because like you can see the other kids um, in their their vehicles and the yeah, clearly tell what's going on. They're right, they're, they're making, they're out. making out. Yeah, but then you get to theirs and theirs is all steamed up and they're com- what appear to be completely naked in the back. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're uh, now we're back in the kitchen and we have Rose stuck on the phone with Abby, Blanche offering some good advice and Sophia offering to confront Abby for Rose. She seals the deal by calling Blanche a slut puppy and leaves the room. She's called her slut puppy a few times before. Yeah, yeah. She, that's a pretty classic Sophia line. Uh, just then, Dorothy sneaks in and reveals to Rose and Blanche that what Officer Friendly already knows, her ugly has been bumped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dorothy says the, uh, the sex was great, and Blanche commemorates about how hard it is to end a relationship when the sex is great. Uh, for what it's worth, I've been in the same relationship for almost 26 years, and Brent's on his third wife. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Ski, for not laughing at that. <laughs> he talks shit about you all the time. You should laugh when I take a shot at him. <laughs> Ski's on my side. Dude. Apparently so. <laughs> Bad form, sir. Yeah, I guess so. Failure on my part, but I anyway. love you both. Sure you do. I um, pray for your happy uh, <laughs> and, and fruitful marriages. In fairness, I don't believe <laughs> I don't believe that has ever been an issue for Brent. <laughs> Bad <laughs> sex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think that's what has led to things not working yeah. out. I don't think they've been Brent's fault in either case. Yeah. Luckily, he's found the right one. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
Yeah, yeah your wife's just, super cool. And Brent's a super cool guy, for what it's worth. Agreed. I have no idea what his sexual prowess is, but I don't think that's been the problem for him <laughs> <laughs> up to this point. Yeah. Uh, Elena. You can have three and a half hours in the back of a van with me in a week. <laughs> You'll know. Why not a Studebaker? <laughs> Won't fit six people in a Studebaker. <laughs> Anyways, uh... Uh, so Reve- Rose reveals that the uh, best sex she ever had was uh, the session that ended Charlie's life, which I just thought was really odd. I mean, yeah. even if it was going great, I don't feel like he'd be able to look back with fond memories like, oh, it was amazing. Well it's just the bad it. part where <laughs> Charlie died. Expired at the end, yes. And this was one part where I thought, hmm, Mitch, this seems a little bit close to the edge for Golden Girls, in mm-hmm. my opinion, but she noted that uh, she did think it was strange when he started yelling, Rose, I'm going, I'm going. Um, which I assume that the opposite, of course, of that would be a much more dirty thing for Rose to say <laughs> right? on the, on the yeah. show. Um, but uh, Blanche goes into the aspects that can affect the rating of a sexual experience. Yeah, she had a whole, like, uh, scoring, mm-hmm. like, uh, she had a rubric. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a rubric. Yeah. yeah. And saying that uh, anything over a nine is excellent to Rose's <laughs> shock, and then she clarifies that uh, she means nine points. Uh, <laughs> So uh, Sophia comes back into the kitchen and starts to tell her best sex story ever, and Dorothy gets a call from Stan. Uh, Dorothy admits to Sophia about the uh, sex with Stan, but still says she's going to end the relationship. We get into scene five with one of our favorite sets returning, uh, with Sophia and Rose now in the newsroom, Mm -hmm. uh, ready to confront Abby. Uh, Sophia puts the smackdown on Abby, and then the station manager comes in to clear the air, he says. Uh, we find out that uh, Enrique Moss has left and that they're going to have a new a new person taking over the consumer reports. Mm-hmm. And it does, it kind of gives you the impression that maybe it's going to be Rose, mm-hmm. but then he announces that Abby's going to be the one taking his yeah. place. Uh, so Seems like a bit of a slight, but they did say earlier that she had previous experience. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And, and she, I think for someone who's going to be on TV, she seems you know like she'd be a good... She's mm-hmm. younger. Yeah. That might be. Yeah, younger, more energetic, more telegenic or whatever for the time. But uh, I did think it was funny, though, when the station manager walks in talking about clearing the air, Sophia proclaims that she hasn't had a, a raw vegetable in six 10 months. days. Yeah, six months, was it? I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. You're the one who's not had a raw vegetable in 10 days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I did also put after here when he announces that uh, – Abby was going to be taking his place. I just put the word, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the uh, second to last scene now. It has us in the living room with Blanche enjoying her Sunday funnies. Uh, did, did you ever heard of the comic that she would talk about? Marmaduke? Re- Not Marmaduke, the other <laughs> one. <laughs> Marmaduke, I feel like it's still a pretty common one, but the other yeah. one, I don't remember what the name of it was. I didn't write it down. Is it Rex Grant? or Maybe or something like that. Yeah. But I thought it was great that she, mm-hmm. Dorothy says, like, oh, I haven't read that thing and since nineteen sixty one. Right. <laughs> and then she, she goes and she's like, Oh, I'll catch you up. Um and later like, on that same day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the comic or the reference, but I just thought it was a funny line. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was great. It was probably my favorite. That was a really solid one. Um well Rose uh, gets a call um and runs out to help Abby. Apparently, you know, water under the bridge and, and <laughs> Abby wants Rose's help to help her get through her first day jitters, I think she said. Yeah. Although I thought, like, I wondered if it would come back where it's like, please help me get through my first day jitters. And she comes back and she's like, 
It always calms me down to fire somebody. <laughs> so <laughs> Well, maybe next episode, right? Yeah, well, you never know. I mean, we do know, but... <laughs> they, they've been better about continuity. Yeah, they've actually had quite a bit of continuity in like the last uh We talked about, you know, Stan getting the uh, baked potato, mm-hmm. you know, fortune, and here he is again, uh, mm-hmm. referencing back to that same thing, and... Yeah, I agree. I don't know what caused that shift, but I do like that they have things referenced um, from prior episodes a lot more now. Uh, so we get a, a funny bit where no one pays attention to Rosa. She's uh, extolling her appreciation for them. That one I actually did like, mm-hmm. where she's going on and on about how great it is to have friends that listen to her. And yes. Like, mm-hmm. did you hear something, or <laughs> where did Rose go? Something yeah, I don't like think she's sad, even yeah. though she told him in <laughs> exactly. depth where she was yeah. going and... So uh, Dorothy then goes to her bedroom to read and feed Sophia a line of malarkey about not seeing Stan anymore. Uh, we get to our last scene, and as Dorothy and Stan being caught in the bushes by the Sky Cops uh, canoodling again. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was odd. That why would there be a... I mean, I guess those cops could have been out searching for somebody else, and it just so happened. They're part of Miami they, Vice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. that uh, that closes out the episode. So the last scene we get uh, of that episode is Dorothy and Stan, you know, going at it in the bushes. Mm-hmm. So we had a few guest actors in that one. Uh, Herb Edelman again, mm-hmm. um, again uh, another. I didn't vote for him as my MVP, but it was another Stan appearance that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it was his 18 of 25 episodes. Mm-hmm. Then we had a uh, Shaban. Yeah, Shaban Fallon Hogan. She mm-hmm. played the uh, Abby. 93 titles for her, her only Golden Girls. Uh, she was recently yeah. in Clifford. She, she was in the original episode where Rose interviewed. I don't think so. I think it was a different person. No, I'm pretty sure. All right, well, I'll look it up, but I don't think she was. Um, we'll, we'll check before. Brent can check while I'm reading off these others. Uh, but uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog, she was recently in that. Um, that's a very recent one for her. She was also in Holes, which is not a big one that you're a big fan of, Brent. Yeah. I, mean, I actually like that movie quite a bit, too. Oh, do you not care that much for it, then, Brent? I mean, it's What okay am I movie. thinking of? What's the other one that you're a big fan of? Black Holes? Is that what it's called? Or the Black Hole. Yeah. The Black Hole. Okay, so I got <laughs> a little confused. But. Now, Holes is the Sheila Booth one. Ah, okay. Uh, she's also in Men in Black and three episodes of Seinfeld as Tina. Mm-hmm. And Brent is verifying what I already know. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we also had Dion Anderson. He played Mr. Percy, the station manager. Uh, 71 titles for him. Uh, this is his only Golden Girls. We haven't had a, a Star Trek. He could Trek... have totally been a reoccurring character, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've been in the news station a few times. They've used that set at least, what, two, three times at this mm-hmm. point? Yep. Um, but uh, he played, this was our first uh, Star Trek actor in a little while. He played Zolon on one episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, of course, Zolon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, That's uh, where I knew him from. <laughs> yeah. I know you're a big fan of Deep Space Nine, and Zolan <laughs> has always been one of your favorite characters. <laughs> and then we had uh, Stan Roth. He played the cop, and this was his second of three Golden Girls. So uh, I guess, well, Brent, have you found the information that you were looking for to confirm or deny if I was correct? It's, I don't think the IMDb is correct, so I'm just going to check It was a different person who was in there before, because this woman came from somewhere else, they said. I mean, at least they they didn't try yeah. to pass her off as being the same secretary or whatever person that was there the first time around. Because she, I, I know who you're talking about. She Rose came in and talked to someone who was kind of like the screener mm-hmm. for uh, Enrique Moss, yeah. um, but it was not that girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. Um, you're trying to find out the actual actor that did it. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up that episode. So ski, yeah. Uh, how many? Uh, 
or who was your MVP for this episode? I guess Rose. I thought she did a good job in this one. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a solid Rose episode overall. Um, I personally went with Blanche. Uh, this is, I think, my second week in a row giving it to Blanche. But I thought she did. <laughs> giving it to Blanche. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I, I don't know, just overall, I love that particular line, you know, about the Jimson weed. Yes, um, that was a good line. And I thought she gave, again, good, uh, good advice to Rose and good advice to Dorothy. Like, she's becoming like the, I don't know, the sage of the series <laughs> all of a sudden. Uh, maybe Sages just, like Jimson Weed. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it helps them expand their minds. <laughs> so, did you happen to find that bit of information yet, Brent? You didn't mention that she was in the Negotiator and What We Do in the Shadows. I didn't. Well, it was the movie of What We Do in the Shadows, wasn't it? No, she was a TV show. Oh, she really? was the Animal Control Officer. Oh, I guess I must have missed that credit because I would have mentioned that one because that yeah. is a show that I love. So, um, yeah, I guess the movie she would have probably been. Well, how long ago did the movie come out? About ten years ago. 15, 20 years ago? I don't remember. Six. Oh, okay. Six. So. All right. Well, uh, did you have an MVP for that episode? Siobhan. Siobhan? Yeah. Was it only because you like her as an actor and she's yeah. been in a show you've liked? Mm-hmm. It wasn't because of her performance on the episode? Correct. Well, that's a crappy reason to give an MVP. She did a, She did an episode. Or this episode. isn't Paul Dooley here, okay? <laughs> Check out the AV Club. They have a recurring feature called Random Roles. Oh, okay. Where they interview a character actor about, you know, 20 or so titles that they did, mm-hmm. you know, and she was on there one week. Nice. And she did a really good job. Like, just talk about various things she was in and everything. Like, she did a season of Saturday Night Live and just random stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, I understand why you like her as a person. I just uh-huh. still don't think that's enough to qualify her for an MVP candidate. Or you know. It's like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think if we... There are other forums for that. This this forum is not the place. <laughs> we have people who have a lot of money writing on who's going to win the That's true, MVP yeah. Are people series. really betting on it? I'm sure not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only people that I would I be shocked to find out if there's some kind of pool going on. Well, I would the be, Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine there's only a handful of people that know someone else, and it's only because their spouse also listens to it with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that... Um, you know, we have Tammy some, and her spouse. Some and, weird yeah. online chat that we don't know about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know Angel and her, her husband listen to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Uh, Lisa and her husband do. Oh, d- does he? Okay. Maybe that's a way we sure. can increase uh, listenership is to try and get a pool going uh, through Vegas. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they <laughs> so do. Then everybody's got to catch up. Like, oh, man, I'm way behind on my stats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can start doing prop bets about how many times <clears throat> Brent's going to defend Professor Cooper in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> All they got to do is beat the spread. Exactly. <laughs> That's what he was trying to do. <laughs> What's it called? Parlay, where they got like a bunch of side bets that have to go together? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so how many slices of cheesecake for you on this one, Brent? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with, I guess, another four. Four? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a middle-of-the-road episode again? Yeah, yeah. Nothing nothing special. Um, I guess... I don't, I don't like the fact that, you know, Sophia's still a tater hater. Uh. I mean, you know, <laughs> Stanley's trying to do right. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Some slack. That part. There's a lot of years where he was a bad guy, though. Yeah, but, I mean, his ship finally came in. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has no problem attracting, you know, younger women. You know, women way out of his league. Mm-hmm. And now that he's, that you know, true. millions of dollars, it would be even easier for him to go for, you know, something like that. But he's not. He's going for Dorothy. It is an odd and thing. He appreciates uh, that he actually really did love her, maybe, and yeah. kind of coming around like yeah. he's matured a little bit. You think exactly? 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to get on board, especially with the way that things ended for them the first time, and then the fact that he was such an asshole to her in most of the episodes that he's sure. been in, you know, since that up in you know, these last these last couple appearances. But what was the last thing that he did? Like, didn't he have a health scare right before he got his money, and she uh, took him through it? No, I don't think he had the health scare. I think he was there for her when when Sophia had a health scare. Gotcha. Uh, which that's a solid thing to do. I'll give him credit for that yeah. as well. But um, I don't know. I. I guess I can understand. I can understand why Dorothy would be, you know, open-minded, um, but I, but I also understand why Sophia would be concerned. He was about there her for him when the president again. was coming. That's true. <laughs> yeah, offering up, you know, those uh, flame of light exactly on the stick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ski, how many slices did you give this one? I actually had six point five. Oh wow! Wow. I I don't know that I thought the episode like plot was all that great, but uh, there was just several lines that I chuckled at pretty good. Mm. I just thought, you know what? That's that's worth a good uh, higher score. All right. Well, fair enough. I gave it 4.5, 4. so I, I guess I'm closer to Brent's assessment on that one. <laughs> I thought it was a, a good serviceable episode. Again, I know that our scores are probably more um, conservative now than they used to be, given that we've seen mm-hmm. you know so much of the series so far, and there's been so many other. I'm good waiting ones. for an eight. I'm waiting uh, for a solid eight across the board. Like ever since your first episode, you've been waiting for that second eight to compete with it. Yes, <laughs> seven days, you'll get it. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do you guys have anything else to add to pat out this episode before we close it out? Where are we? Time-wise, thirty-eight minutes. Nice. <laughs> and I think we had you a little said 37. bit. Thirty-seven. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was pretty close. By the time I cut out, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. how much of the stuff we talked about beforehand would be usable, or if we even talked much before the episode, but your 37-minute estimate will be pretty damn close. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I thought I had this long-ass deep dive, like two pages of uh-huh. deep dive, and I thought that would really pad it, but yeah. I don't know. You guys just don't have the uh, padding skills of a second man that I do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we didn't comment enough while you were reading. Well, see, we, were I just, think, we were too patient and waiting. A lot of Brent's comments are zingers, which are great, and they're, they're very essential to the episodes, but they don't necessarily lengthen the episodes much. Mm-hmm. Uh, my comments tend to be like, you know, asking a question or something mm-hmm. like that that, that can help well, spur a little more conversation. Like, I just had no follow-up questions for Jimson. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> was, there was nothing upon which I could suckle. <laughs> We talk about more uh, He-Man characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Outside of Suckor, which other characters did you enjoy? Moss Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was Spikor. Mm-hmm. Merman. Yeah. Um, um, who's the one with um, like the skeleton head? <laughs> are, are you talking about Skeletor or Scareglow? <laughs> the first one. No. <laughs> I can. I like the one, that one man with the arms. Well, what about the lady sorcerer? What was her name? Is she rough? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Tila. <laughs> man, I can't even let it go because I was a big fan of the show, so I have to correct. Evil Lynn. <laughs> well, Evil Lynn was the evil one, but the lady sorcerer, sorcerer I was referring to was the sorceress. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I don't know. There were some really awful names, but, <laughs> but I sure did love those toys when I was a lad. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what's the guy with the real long neck. Uh, that would be Mechanek. That's actually a pretty solid name. And then there was another guy who his arms, legs, and neck extended. He was called Extendor. So. <laughs> <laughs> did you have that castle that was shaped like the Grey Skull? Mm-hmm, I did. It was a Grey Skull castle. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, I love Demon. And I wish I had all those toys now just mm -hmm. to sell them because I think oh, quite yeah. a few of them have retained a pretty good amount of value. I just sold all mine. Yeah. Oh, He-Man? Yeah. I didn't know you had He-Man. Yeah. I thought the, the things you showed me pictures of. Yeah. Well, I guess there were just a couple rando figures, um, but the Castle Grayskull was oh, part shit. of it. I probably would have bought the Castle Grayskull from you. Your mm. sister probably got three bucks from some dude on the street. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely match it. Um, <laughs> it even still had like the netting. Like for you to fall through the trap door. Wow. And everything, wow. You know? well, thanks a lot for not mentioning that one to me until now. It was in the picture I sent you. I don't think it was. I had to pull the picture up, but I don't know. We actually had some old toys when we uh, cleaned up my dad, mom's old house, so the one I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did, I think we had a beat up Castle Grayskull. Mm -hmm. It kind of got damaged a little bit uh, mm -hmm. from just being stored poorly after we left. Yeah. We, I think we did sell them to like a store, like mm -hmm. some specific. But we didn't try to sell on eBay or anything like that. But yeah. we got a decent little amount for it. Yeah, that's good. We had a few of the characters and stuff. I remember had that one He-Man where he could like punch his chest and it would oh, yeah, show chain. battle damage. It was called oh, Battle yeah. Damage He-Man. Yeah. Was it really called that? That mm -hmm. was a great one. Yeah. And uh, um, da da da. So it was broken though. Like it was stuck oh. on the very worst damage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was still not turned back around on its own or anything. Yeah, I know the the uh, character that Ski identifies with now the most is uh, Fisto. Oh, Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got the one big hand, is that what it is? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we'll say that. <laughs> All right, well, we've at least gotten this up to 40, over 40 minutes now, so okay. I think we're okay with the, the end of He-Man chat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He-chat! <laughs> Ironically, uh, it was my favorite cartoon as a kid, but I have still not watched the recent Netflix series. Like the Kevin Smith. Yeah. yeah, have you watched that at no, all? No, I still haven't. And you're a huge Kevin Smith fan. I am. So. I, am I mean, not, I am too, but... Yeah, I'm not seeing Clerks 3 in the theater. Yeah, are, you say you, you are not, not planning yeah. to? How come? Because um, there's only one show every day at 7 o'clock, which mm. is just way too early for me. And um, every day at 7 o'clock, that show is uh, $20. Ah. And that's just... Oh, wow. Highway robbery. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That that feels, yeah, that's not cool. It's like you're specifically taking advantage of your fans. Exactly. Um, because yeah. obviously some random moviegoer is not going to pay $20 to mm -hmm. see it. Um, but you're basically saying, all right, sucker, yeah. <laughs> you're a fan I, of mine, so you can pay I, out the ass. I will say, though, that um, there was a decent turnout um, for like the entire week-long run. Because mm -hmm. I kept checking like random days. I was like, well, maybe it's cheaper the next day or right. Tuesday or whatever. And now it's like $20 every night, but every night it was like maybe already like between like upwards of a fourth full, mm -hmm. sometimes up to like, you know, three-fourths of the way full, but at least a fourth of the seats were gone. That's not bad for a weeknight showing where you're overcharging for it to begin with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it could just be the same people like, I'm going to see it seven days in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which then makes me feel even worse about the uh, the yeah. excessive price. <laughs> yeah, I was saying seven times out <laughs> of 20, that's... 140 bucks worth yeah. of Kevin Smith. But anyways, all right, well... I don't go for Kevin. I go for Dante. <laughs> I go for Rosario Dawson. Oh, yeah. Her and Clerks 2 is still one of my all-time favorite things. When she does the little dance on the roof of the quick stop. Mm -hmm. She's an attractive lady. <laughs> 
Were, were you uh, were you relieved when she broke up with the senator? I was. I was. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, no, when she's fully out, you need her to be with the loser so mm-hmm. that if uh, <laughs> you know you ever become available that you would be in the running. Mm-hmm. You don't want her to be with the, the top guy because then she'll probably get married and then she's completely off the market. You don't think I could compete with the senator? No. Really? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's one senator I think you could compete yeah. with. <laughs> A state senator, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Maybe so Mitch McConnell. Sure. <laughs> I met a dude who knows that dude. Oh, really? Um, but he didn't know like his recent shenanigans or whatever. <laughs> and because they, they were in a Cub Scouts together. Oh, okay. Because the dude was like, hey, were you in Cub Scout troop? Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I was in Cub Scouts, but it was, I don't remember what the troop number was. Mm. And he was like, in Greenwood? And I was like, oh, this was in, you know, Franklin. They're like, late 80s or so. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, you're thinking of, <laughs> you know. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, not me. And then I brought him up to speed on the shenanigans. <laughs> well, he said something like, um, you know, oh, I just sort of lost track. And I was like, when someone shares your name, you pay attention to when they're in the news. <laughs> <laughs> See, now everybody's going to be able to easily track you down with this one local politician. <laughs> <laughs> Who I am not. Right. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. I, didn't you say that you got like a, mm-hmm. I don't know, a trophy delivered to your house that was supposed to be for him? It wasn't a trophy per se, yeah, but it, it was um, it was just a bribe um, <laughs> <laughs> from the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh. It was like a crystal decanter that you put the hooch in. Oh, okay. Um, now, and since, it the, since you're not an elected official, are you allowed to go ahead and accept that bribe without repercussion? Well, like, so I, it had a little, you know, business card or something inside, you know, for the marketing dude who sent it. So, you know, I pick up the phone and called it, and I was like, hey, you know, this ain't for me. <laughs> and he was apologetic and everything, and I was like, you know, I'll, I'll ship it back or whatever. And he's like, no, no, you go ahead and keep it. We've got some extras here we can send out. You know, oh. Just thanks for letting us know. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he would have insisted you send it back, would you have trashed him online? <laughs> <laughs> I had to fill it with urine and then send it back. <laughs> be like, H to perfection, you son of a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> Decant this. Yeah. Who was it? Um, one of the local news guys um, called one time. Um, God, I can't remember what his name was, which one it was. But it, like he called and he was like, hey, you want to know your thoughts on uh, building a new prison in Johnson County? <laughs> and they're like, well, I got opinions, but I don't know that your viewers care. <laughs> I explained it. And he was like, oh, okay, well, thanks. You know? But then like, um, I don't know, like two, three years later, whatever, I bumped into that same dude at the um, same newscaster at the gas station or oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he was like super cool, and I didn't like tell him. It's like, hey, we talked on the phone because I have a name. <laughs> you, know. you got a name so, too. Yeah, he didn't know who I was or anything. But like the um, guy working the cash register, I think he like accidentally dropped a roll of quarters or something like that. Something happened that was embarrassing or whatever. And like he was super um, like nice to the cashier or whatever. And then he kind of turned around to me and sort of shrugged, like, what can you do? <laughs> you know, like, he was, like, one of those things that, like, he was apologetic, like, it was taking so long or yeah. something, like, I don't know, it was just, it was a nice moment. Well, good. I'm glad that uh, he left a good impression on you when yeah. you met him in person. Yeah. When you're like, celebrities, they're just like us. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, anyways. All right. Well, anything else to add before I close this one out? 
Can't think of oh, actually, I shouldn't be closing this one out. Our person who opened it should be. Oh yeah. All right. So um, actually, what time? What's the time at now? Uh, we are at forty nine minutes. Well, forty eight and a half. We really right. pulled that out there. Yeah. You want to leave the mic running while you end your streak? What's that? You want to leave the mic running while you end your streak? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want this thing to go to two hours. <laughs> All right. But, well, without further ado, that um. Golden Space Coco. <laughs> was that? I thought it was on purpose. No, I just goofed it again. <laughs> but you can edit it in like into the correct order, right? I could. <laughs> Thank you for that. Funny. All right. Well, what Brent said. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.